Hey, good morning, Cryout family, and happy, happy Sunday, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers that cry out in and beyond. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9a, that's the first part of verse 9, Matthew 6, the gospel, Matthew 6, 9a, and today we're going to take a break from our series, Undivided, from the book of 1 Corinthians as we observe Father's Day. Uh, today's a special day, right? It's a special day, a day where we set aside to acknowledge and honor our fathers. A fatherhood encompasses biological fathers, stepfathers, single fathers, foster fathers, adoption fathers, godfathers, and also spiritual fathers. Um, my father, uh, I call him daddy. My daddy uh, passed away three and a half years ago, and he was such uh, a godly example and an amazing influence in my life, and I, I miss him so much, but I know that I will see him again someday. So I thank God for blessing me with an amazing, godly father. The title of my message today is Good, Good Father. Say that, Good, Good Father. And, and for this message, I want us to look at just the first phrase, the first phrase of, of the Lord's Prayer. Now, now, now the, the disciples, the disciples watched Jesus do some amazing things, say some amazing words, and also preach some amazing sermons. But when it came for them to ask Jesus to teach them something, they didn't say, Jesus, teach us to heal or to prophesy or to cast out demons or to preach or to worship or to witness or to perform miracles. No, it was, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Luke 11, verse 1, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And this brings us right into the text, Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 9a, verse 9a. And it says this, this then is how you should pray our Father in heaven. And most of us know the rest of the prayer, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But again, we're going to look at just the first phrase of the prayer. This then is how you should pray our Father in heaven. And I first want you to notice, first of all, notice our Father. Say that, our Father. And this speaks of a collective, say that, collective relationship. Now, if you're my brother or sister in Christ, if you are, if you're my brother or sister in Christ, then we have the same Father. God is our Father, which implies that only those who belong to Him only those who belong to him have the right to call him, the right to address him as father. Now listen, only my kids, only my kids have the right to call me father. Why? Because they're my children and they belong to me. And everyone else calls me Arnold or Pastor Arnold, Mr. Perez or, or Superman. I'm just kidding, just kidding about that. But my point is this, unbelieving people, whatever they might say or think, do not have the right do not have the right to call or the right to address God as Father. Why? Because they're not His children. And you see, that right to call Him Father 
comes to those, this Sinel comes to those only through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, write this down, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Galatians 3, verse 26. And Paul writes, you are all sons or, or, or daughters of God through faith. Get that now. Through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons or daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. It says this, John 1, 12 and 13 says this, Yet to all, you got to get this now, get this now, yet to all who received him. Got that? Say received. To those who believed in his name. Say believed. He gave the right. Got it? Yet all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Got it? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of, of God. Now, if you're saved, say amen. Can't hear you. If you're saved, say amen. Listen, only those of us who have become his sons and daughters have the right, have the right and the freedom to come to him gladly, freely, and gratefully at any time, knowing that he will always welcome us as his own children. I love that. Listen, listen, we are loved and we are accepted by him as his children because of what Jesus did for us. Say our Father in heaven. Come on, say our Father in heaven. Now, 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 now listen. Now, if the words our Father express his grace towards us, then the words in heaven express his majesty. Therefore, we should be filled with awe and filled with humility. We should address God as the one who is infinitely above us. Now, God has, got, God has gotten a bad rap. Okay, we know that, right? God has, got, has gotten a bad rap. And most people have this, this warped, distorted image of God. And they think that God is this angry old man up there in heaven, in the sky, who is ready to zap us at the moment that we mess up. And they think that he's this impersonal, impersonal God who doesn't care about anything in our lives. Well, when Jesus came to earth, he exploded all of, all of the stereotypes about God. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray our Father. Our Father. If you're saved, say amen. Listen, God wants you to think of him as a father. He wants you to think of him as a father. I mean, how, 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 how mind-blowing is that, that God wants us to think of him as a father? Listen, in the Old Testament, God is called father seven times. He is called father in the Old Testament seven times. In this chapter, chapter 6 alone, Jesus calls God father over ten times. Jesus tells us to call God Father over 70, 70 times in the Gospels. Now, I want you to get this. God is a person, not a power. Got that? God is a person, not a power, though he's a powerful person. But he is a person. And, and that's good news. And I'll tell you why that's good news, because we all can relate to 
a person, right? And God wants, listen, God wants you, wants me, wants us to know him like a father. Listen, not, 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 not an earthly father, but a heavenly father. He says, our father in heaven. And you see, we need to know the difference between earthly fathers and our heavenly father. Why? I'll tell you why. Because for some of you, some of you, you don't have a very positive attitude toward your earthly father. And perhaps because uh, the way he treated you. He may have deserted you or neglected you or belittled you. He may have been physically, emotionally, verbally, sadly in some cases, sexually abusive with you. And because of this, you might tend to have that image about God. Listen, friends, in in order to fully understand this message today, you need to get past that image of your earthly father who is imperfect and embrace your heavenly Father who is perfect. The song, Good, Good Father, it says that you are perfect. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is perfect in all of his ways to us. Now, if you're, if you're saved, say amen. Come on, if you're saved, say amen. Listen, God really wants, listen, he really wants you to know that you are important to him. He really wants you to know that you matter, that you truly matter to him. And he wants you to have, listen now, a love relationship with him. He called you, listen, to a relationship where he is Lord, he is God, and he is, listen now, your father. Now, now the word father, say, say father, the word father uh, in Aramaic, in Aramaic is Abba, Abba. Uh, it, it's, it's also daddy or, or papa. Abba, Daddy, or Papa. And when a child says, Daddy, Papa, that's intimate. That's personal. That's loving. And that's how God wants you to know Him. That's the way He wants you to relate to Him. And in that relationship, listen now, and I love this, in that relationship, He gives all of Himself to you and I. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, An infinite God can give all of himself to each of his children. He does not distribute himself that each may have a part. But to each one, listen what he says, he gives all of himself as fully as if there were no others. I love that. That's awesome. So what is God really like? What kind of father is he? I want to give you four points in today's message and show you the four fatherly characteristics of God. Now, my message is short. It's short and to the point. So if you're ready, say yes. Come on, if you're ready, say yes. Follow me. Here we go. God is, number one, number one, a caring father. Write that down, okay? A caring father. I love that. God is, number one, a caring father. Now, if you're saved, say amen. If you're saved, say amen. Listen now. If you said amen, he cares about you. God cares about you. He's concerned about you. He is totally interested in you. Listen, he loves you. He loves me. And he wants you, wants me, wants us to know that we really matter to him. Are you with me? 
that we really matter to him. He cares about all the details. Listen now, all the details in your life and of your life. First Peter, write this down. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. First Peter 5, verse 7. And, and Peter writes this, cast all your anxiety on him. I love that. Cast. Throw it off. Cast all your anxiety on him because, listen to what it says, because he, what, cares for you. You ought to memorize that verse. Cast all your anxiety on him because he, God, cares for you. Now, if you're safe, say amen. Come on, listen, listen, whatever you're going through in life right now, whatever it is, friends, you can be absolute, you can have absolute confidence that he cares for you. Listen, friends, when we're burdened, when you and I are burdened, it touches the heart of God and he is moved on our behalf. Let's go back to what Peter said. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. For you. This verb is in the present tense, the active voice, and the indicative mood. Now I want you to follow me here. Present tense means ongoing activity. We know that, right? Ongoing activity. Active voice means the Lord Himself is involved. And the indicative mood, mood means that it's a fact. So you put that all together, and we find that God Himself, get this now, God Himself is actively involved in caring for us. Listen now, friends, we are his personal concern. Love that. Psalm 55, uh, 22a, Psalm chapter 55, verse 22a, says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Gosh, love that. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. That being said, that being said, what has you worried? What is it that has you worried? What has caused you to be anxious? What is it? And whatever it is, whatever it is, you need to cast it, cast it on to God, cast it onto God and say, Lord, it's yours. I cast it on you. It's yours. You, you care for me. And you can handle this. And I give it to you. Just cast it upon him right now. Just, just give it to him. You see, our heavenly, our heavenly Father loves us enough to care for us and cares enough to love us. And I love what Jeremiah, write this down. Jeremiah 31.3 says, Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He cares for us. Because he, he what? He, he loves us. One day this young man came to his pastor and said, you know what my problem is, pastor? What said the pastor? And the young man replied, I don't love God enough. And the pastor responded, no, your problem is not that you don't love God enough. Your problem is that you don't understand how much God loves you. Wow. Our Heavenly Father, listen now, is a caring, concerned, loving Father. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. And listen, because He cares and loves us, we have no cause of worry 
anxiety or fear for his eye, his eye is upon us, his righteous hand is over us and his ear attentive to our prayers. So here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. And this is a lesson for fathers, okay? Here's a lesson. Be a caring, concerned, loving father. Be a caring, concerned, loving father. Listen, listen, fathers. Our kids need to know, they need to know that we care for them, that we care about them, that we have a a personal concern for them. Listen, listen, that we love them, that we love them. Be a caring, concerned, loving father. God is a caring father. God is number two. Number two, a consistent father. Write that down. A consistent father. Consistent father. He's consistent. He he doesn't waver. He doesn't shift. He doesn't flake out. He's reliable. He's, He's dependable. That's the kind of father God is. Now, I want you to write this down. James chapter 1, verse 17. James 1, verse 17. And James writes, Every good and perfect gift is from the Father who does not change. Get that? Like shifting shadows. His goodness, listen now, his love never changes. He's immutable. That's just a fancy theological term for unchangeable. Malachi 3, 6 Malachi chapter 3, verse 6a writes, I, the Lord, do not change. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He's consistent. He's a consistent father. Follow me. He loves us when we're unlovely. He keeps his promises When we break our promises, he is faithful when you and I are unfaithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, write that down. 2 Timothy 2.13, Paul writes, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Got that? He cannot disown himself. He cannot go against his own character, and nature. He's a faithful God. And to be unfaithful would to be to go against his nature and character. He cannot disown himself. He's unchanging. He's immutable. Now, we know that the economy is, is always changing. The weather is, is always changing. Fashion is, is always changing changing, right? Technology is always changing. Our waistline and hairline is always changing, but God never changes. He never changes. He's consistent even when we are inconsistent. You see, God is always himself. He's always himself. He's a consistent father. And no matter, no matter how we are, how we feel, how we act, no matter how bad you and I mess up, no matter what we're going through, he will always be and always act the same towards us. His faithfulness to us and his love for us never changes. He's consistent. Well, here's the lesson, and the lesson is for 
us fathers, us fathers, and it's this, here's a lesson, here's a lesson, be consistent. You got that, fathers? Be consistent. That's a lesson for us. Be consistent. Listen, as Christian fathers, as Christian fathers, we need to be consistent, consistent in our walk with God. We are to have, listen, not a wishy-washy walk, but a worthy walk with God. A consistent walk with God that our kids not only hear God's word on our lips, but see God's word lived out in our lives. Got it? We need to be consistent in our walk with God. We also need to be consistent in our love for our kids, for our love, for our, for our love for our kids. Our, listen, our kids need to know that no matter how bad they mess up, how much they break our hearts, and they do, they do, don't they? That we still love them. That we still love them. That even though we may not agree with how they're living, the things that they might be doing, that our love for them will never, never change. That we will have a consistent love for them. Also, listen, fathers, listen. When we make promises to our kids, promises to our kids, we need to keep our word. We need to keep our promises. Studies have shown that the number one cause of rebellion and resentment in children is broken promises by parents. Be consistent. Fathers, be consistent, dads. God is... A caring father. God is, number two, a consistent father. And God is, number three, I love this, a close father. He's close to us. A close father. God is, number three, a close father. A theological school instructor shared a seat with a small boy on a shuttle train. And the boy was holding a Sunday school book. And the man asked the little boy, do you go to Sunday school? And the little boy replied, yes, sir. The man replied, tell me, my boy, tell me where God is and I will give you an apple. The boy then looked up at the man and promptly replied, I will give you a whole barrel of apples if you tell me where he is not. I love that. Psalm 139, write this down, Psalm 139. Verses 7 through 12. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. Love that. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of, of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Oh, I love that. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Love that. Psalm 145, 18. Write that down. Psalm chapter 145, verse 18a. Verse 18a. It says, the Lord, listen to what it says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. He's nearer to all who call 
on him. He's a close father. So I want you to follow me here. There's two sub points here, two sub points here. And because God is a close father, the first sub point is this. When I'm lonely, when I'm lonely, he's my companion. Write that down. When I'm lonely, he's my companion. Again, when I'm lonely, he's my companion. Now, you know, it's possible to be in a crowd and still be lonely. It's possible to have a smile on your face and still be lonely. It's possible, listen now, to be a believer and still be lonely. David wrote this in Psalm 25, 16. Psalm chapter 25, verse 16. He wrote, turn to me, Lord, and be merciful. Listen what he says, because I am lonely and afflicted. Listen, church, there is the loneliness of divorce. There is the loneliness of, of losing a loved one. The loneliness of, of being single or, or being old or, or being a single parent. There is the loneliness of, of an unsafe spouse or child. The loneliness of, of being able, of, of being, of, of not being able to have children, not being able to have children. The, the loneliness of, of losing your home or your job or your business. And if we're honest at times, let's be honest, at times we all struggle with loneliness. But I thank God, I thank God that he's our companion when we're lonely. Psalm 16, verse 11, Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, and I love this verse, Psalm 16, 11. The psalmist writes, your presence, say presence, your presence, Lord, fills me with joy. Your presence, Lord, fills me with joy. Here's a lesson. Are you ready for the lesson? Here's a lesson. Recognize God's presence. Recognize God's presence. When I feel lonely, when you feel lonely, we need to recognize God's presence. He's here. He's with us, in us. Hebrews 13 Verse 5, Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verse 5. God says, never will I leave you, never will I, what? Forsake you. Isaiah 43, chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 2 and 3. Says, when you go through the deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you won't be burned up, for I am the Lord your God. Psalm 23, 4. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you, Lord, art with me. I will fear no evil, for you art with me. In the song, Good, Good Father, the first verse says this. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the, de in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. I'm never alone. Got that? If you're saved, say amen. It's his presence. 
His presence that cheers us up. It's His presence that makes us smile. It's His presence that encourages us. It's His presence that makes us feel wanted, loved, and significant. It's His presence that gives us strength for the day and, and hope, hope for tomorrow. When I'm lonely, He's my companion. Because God is, is a close father, the second sub-point is this. When I'm discouraged, He's my comforter. When I'm discouraged, he's my comforter. When I'm discouraged, write that down, he's my comforter. Psalm 34, 18. Psalm 34, 18 from the Good News Bible says it like this. The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saved those who have lost all hope. Let God's presence comfort you. Huh? Huh? I know we all get discouraged. Let his presence comfort you. I want to read to you. It's called the Psalm of Comfort. It says this. The Lord is my counselor. I shall not feel insecure. He leads me into quiet moments of meditation. I hear him bid me be still. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of service that I may glorify his name. And even though the darkness of selfishness, greed, and hate would destroy me, I am not afraid. The promise of his word keeps me firm. In the presence of my sin and failure, he proves his love. His forgiveness washes away all guilt. My joy knows no bounds. Surely as I serve him with love and humility, he shall abide with me. Do you get that? Shall abide with me, and I shall know his peace. Man, that's comfort. That's comfort. So, because God is a close father, here's the lesson, and the lesson is for us fathers, us earthly fathers. The lesson is this. Are you ready? Here we go. The lesson is this. Be there. Got it right down. Be there. Be there. Fathers, listen now. We need to be there for our kids. We need to be there for our kids. There are too many absent fathers in the home. They might physically be in the home, but they're absent emotionally. They're absent spiritually from their kids, relationally from their kids. We need to be there for our kids. We need to be close available, listen now, approachable so that they, our kids, can come to us when they're lonely and when they're discouraged so that we can encourage them, so that we can comfort them. They need to know that we're there and that we care. Fathers, you need to be involved in your kids' lives. You need to be there. Can I get an amen? God is a caring father, a consistent father, a close father. And finally, point number four is this. God is a capable father. Write that down. A capable father. Love that. He's a capable father. Listen, friends. Listen. There is, listen, there is not a problem too big that God cannot handle. Jeremiah, write this down, Jeremiah 32, verse 37. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 37 says this, I am the Lord, 
the God of all mankind, is there anything too hard for me? And the answer is what? No. No. Is there anything too hard for me? No. There's not a problem too big that God cannot handle. He's a capable father. Now, you know, as, as a little boy, growing up as a little boy, I thought that my daddy could do anything and everything. And I thought, you know, nothing was too hard, nothing was too impossible for him. And I just thought that he knew all things, that, that he could fix anything, and that he could afford everything. That's what I thought as a kid. Now, remember, remember as kids, as kids, we used to tell our friends, well, my dad's bigger than your dad, or my dad's stronger than your dad, or that my dad could beat up your dad. Remember that? We'd say things like that. This one kid said to another kid, my dad could beat up your dad. And the other kid said, big deal, so can my mom. <laughs> so can my mom. Now, as I got older, I realized that my daddy had limited resources. And even though he knew a lot of things, he didn't know all things. And even though he could fix a lot of things, he couldn't fix everything. And even though he could afford some things, he couldn't afford everything. And I realized, I finally realized that my daddy had limited resources. My earthly daddy had limited resources, limited knowledge, limited power. But my heavenly father has unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge, unlimited power. You see, my heavenly father, he knows all things. He can fix anything and he owns everything. Someone say amen. Now listen, fathers, listen, fathers. Even though we don't know all things, even though we can't fix everything, and even though we can't afford everything, there are some things that you and I can do. And that is we can be a caring, consistent, and close father to our kids. Got that? We can, be a, listen, we can be a caring, consistent, and close father to our kids. This then is how you should pray. Jesus says, our Father in heaven. He's a caring father, consistent father, a close father, a capable father. He's a what? A good, good Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for the Father that you are. We are so loved by you. We are so blessed to call you, Father, so blessed to, to be your children. We also thank you, Lord, for, we thank you for the fathers in our lives, for their love, for, for their commitment and Lord, for their godly example. And for those of us whose fathers have passed away, Lord, might you comfort, comfort our hearts. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone say amen. And perhaps there's someone who's listening online and you know you feel a tug at your heart. That's that's God's Holy Spirit calling you to Himself and so if that's you and, and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to follow him and surrender your life to him, 
Uh, if that's you, I want you at this time to bow your head and, and close your eyes because Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe within our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So that's you. Would you just bow your head and, and close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me? Uh, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to save me, to cleanse me of my sins, and to change my life. I receive you this day. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord, and I believe within my heart that God raised you from the dead. I am saved, I am sealed, sanctified, satisfied, justified, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am born again. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. From this day forth, I will serve you and honor you until you call me home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Someone say amen. If that was you, if you said that prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at, at, cry, excuse me, at contact, contact at cryout, that's C-R-Y-Y-O-U-T, contact, contact at cryout.org. We'd love to hear from you. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. To all the fathers, again, happy Father's Day. May you be blessed, loved, and filled with joy. God bless you. Take care. See you next week.